It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. If you need a great jacket, fleece, or any other outerwear, you know Outdoor Research has you covered. But building great outdoor gear is not all they're up to right now. They've seen a need in their community, and the folks at OR are not waiting around for somebody else to come to the rescue. So Outdoor Research is converting its onshore manufacturing facility in Seattle to produce personal protective equipment for the medical community in response to the COVID-19 crisis. This will enable Outdoor Research to produce upwards of 200,000 masks per day. For detailed info on OR's bold PPE manufacturing initiative, head to OutdoorResearch.com. And while you're there, check out the UberTube, which can double as an appropriate face mask for civilians. And frankly, if there was ever a time and place for the legendary Outdoor Research Ninja Clava, it's right here, right now. When I was a young dirtbag, living out of an old sedan, sleeping on my crash pad in a $25 Walmart tent for children, drifting around from one climbing area to the next on what little money I had, I wrestled with the typical questions that keep many young newly college grads awake at night. What would I do with my life? What would I become? What would come next? Despite these lingering existential concerns, I held fast to my dirtbag lifestyle. Although I had aspirations to do more than just climb, I was also mostly happy sleeping in that stupid purple tent. There is a certain comfort in knowing that, even if I failed to amount to anything else in life, if everything went to shit, I could always go back to doing this, living in a tent, in Yosemite, climbing forever. Now even that security has been taken away. Yosemite remains closed, campgrounds are closed, and many climbing areas are asking out-of-towners to stay away. But other climbing areas and corners of society are tentatively opening up, albeit not with a green light, but more of a yellow. Proceed with caution, but do proceed. Heightened uncertainty is the flavor of the year. We are actually living in the question, to paraphrase the poet Rainer Marie Rilke. For us, that all-encompassing question is, well, is it okay to start climbing again or not? This is Andrew Bisharat. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Calouse. And in this episode, Chris and I wade into the murky waters of this question and attempt to parse our strange new reality, which I fear we'll all be living with for quite some time. I hope you enjoy our dialogue and are even listening to it as you drive to discreetly climb somewhere safe while exercising best practices. So do you want to hear about my very slightly climbing-oriented COVID-19 anxiety dream that I had? I do. So uh, we were living in the pandemic world, although things were sort of mellowed out just like they are now. But the pandemic was more of like a zombie thing. Like it was serious, you know, if it flared its head, like people were freaking out. So we were in a hospital and I was in the waiting room and this nurse came out to basically like evaluate me before my appointment for whatever it was. And the nurse 
was Angie Scarth Johnson, who is the Australian climber. <laughs> yeah, the Australian climber that I have this vague knowledge of exists. She's got this interesting name, Angie Scarth uh, Johnson. Hyphen Johnson, right? I don't know anything about her before this dream happened. You never met her. Never met her. I've never, that I recalled, had seen a picture of her or anything. And so in that dream type way, this person was her, but even thinking about it now, now that I have looked up pictures of her, it wasn't her because also it was a grown woman and Angie Scarth Johnson is apparently like 15 (laughs) years old. So don't judge me (laughs) that she's in my dream. I had no control over these things. So anyway, she comes up and she, this person who is this person but isn't this person all she does is take she draws and this is actually kind of freaky she draws two black lines from my forehead down through my eyelids down my cheeks jesus like vertical black lines through my face and then she's like okay just wait here and then i go somewhere and i come back to the hospital and everybody's freaking out because there's an outbreak in the hospital and uh, I go to get back in my car in the parking garage, and there's this giant semi that's just parked on top of it and crushed my van. Anyway, that was my dream. And I woke up anxious because that's what those dreams do to you. And then I had to look up who Angie Scarth Johnson is. And she's a young Australian, like, bouldering phenom and sport climbing. She, she was the first or the youngest person to climb 31, grade 31, which is mm. 13D. So I think she was 13 when she climbed 13D. Oh, yeah. Which would, I guess, uh, that definitely beats beats Katie Brown, although Katie Brown onsided 13D. Yeah. At like, 13, or at like 15, maybe. Shima's got that record beat, I'm sure. Really? Oh, well, yeah. anyway, that's what all the media says. No, I don't she know. was the first. I shouldn't say well, that. Well, all the know. media actually says she was the first to climb 31, which is right. 13D, so maybe they're just Ashima's like... has never been to Australia. Yeah, so that, that may have... But anyway, she's this phenomenal young climber. Doesn't look anything like the nurse in the dream. <laughs> like I said, is also 15. Drawing morbid black lines down Black lines through my eyes. That's down really my weird. face. What do you think that meant? <laughs> I don't know, dude, but that part of it is like... That's pretty weird. Like, if I showed up with that on my face, you'd be like, dude, what is wrong with you? Mm. And... You're goth now. Yeah, I'm goth or I'm maybe I'm dying or I'm dead. Maybe I have it. Maybe mm. my body knows that I have it and I don't know it yet because I, I haven't know. exhibited any You're symptom. having asymptomatic dreams. Asymptomatic <sighs> dreams for yeah. your asymptomatic. And maybe that could be a thing now is if you get it, that's what happens. You have mm. to walk around tell like for 14 days so people can avoid you. You have these big black lines through your eyeballs. What if like Angie Scarth Johnson dreams were like one of the symptoms along with like loss of smell? <laughs> the, the, the WHO C- has to the put CDC forth. The CDC comes out. Yeah. <laughs> the t- <laughs> They're like, if you dream of Angie Scarth Johnson, it doesn't matter if it's actually her. It doesn't but matter. But if she's in your dream. If she's in your dream, you've got it. You've Stay got home. It for sure. 14 days. So anyway, Angie... Uh, thanks for, I mean, you were definitely a medical professional doing some sort of cure on me, I, I would hope. So. Well, you know what to do next when, whenever you meet Chris in the flesh. Yeah. How are your dreams? Well, I was, I was kind of just hinting at this uh, to you earlier today, but I had the, an anxiety dream last night about bringing my family on like a family vacation, only we were going to like the most heinous third world war ridden terrible places with like two young children 
So, you know, a big part of the dream was like trying to find things that a four-year-old might eat in the middle of like Kathmandu. Right. You know, I don't know where that came from, but it was, it was just, it wasn't a bad dream. It was just highly anxious. So, yeah. 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 It's like first next stop Somalia, you know, like with your family. It's really cheap. It's amazing. You can get like these incredible packages. That was part of the anxiety was that I had, I was the one who had like been like, yeah, man, we're going to do it. Yeah. But, uh, and of course the reality of, of hauling, or at least the reality in my dreams of hauling a family through Yemen was didn't live up what to a four-year-old and an 11 month old <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, exactly so but yeah so everybody's creeping out and climbing did you um all right let's just come clean when was the first time you climbed since the uh the covid19 uh last week last week so yeah, yeah. well that's not true I, I guess it was two weeks ago yeah it was two yeah. did when you went to the to the nfl yep right so Right at the end of like the serious lockdown. Um, and we're, according to my calculations, and I start the lockdown when Miles' school closed, mm-hmm. we're like in day like 57. Wow. We've been at it for a while. It was like the 13th or something um, of March or the 12th or 11th or something like that. So, yeah. And actually, it was last weekend, uh, two weekends ago now, that I climbed for the first time as well. So, um Held pretty strong to it. I just, I had no desire to do it actually. Yeah. I really wasn't like, oh, I got to get out there. I got to do this. And when I first did go, it felt weird mm-hmm. and fucked up. And we went to uh, a local crag here. There was nobody else there. It just felt weird. It felt weird to climb like bodily. And it also did feel kind of strange being out there. And there is this, just, you know, there's this real lack of warmth among people right now you mm-hmm. know if, uh, and it's understandable of course that, right but you know you notice that or i notice that when i go to the store and you, you know you're wearing a mask and so already it's hard to make a connection to just the people you pass in the aisle you know shopping for whatever and and also it's 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 crept into you know how we feel as climbers and whether someone else has seen us at the crag or something like that I guess everyone is like struggling to justify whatever it is that they're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's climbing or mm-hmm. not climbing. Mm-hmm. Not many of us have lived through a pandemic um, before. <laughs> I saw that uh, there's like one woman, National Geographic had a story of this woman who was like part of the 1918 Spanish flu, but not too many of us have been around for a co- for more than one pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, and I felt it a little bit today at, at the, at the crag, we, we climbed in a rifle today, but you know, I can go to rifle and not acknowledge other people mm-hmm. on a normal day. If I don't know them, you know, you nod or you say, Hey, or whatever, but it's not like you stop and engage and talk to every damn person you see. But the people that we did see today, and, and this is something that I, I haven't been prepared for was just the banality of conversation that's emerging from <laughs> from this virus which you know you see people and they're like oh you know just like staying at home and like yep. so social distancing it's kind of weird times huh yeah you know and it's just like this uh form this formality that you need to clear out of the way before you can try to have a genuine conversation the reality of the situation too, which is what we'd like to get into is both what the recommendations are climbing right now, but also what the kind of reality of it is. First two times I climbed was with my significant other, Steph. And so 
you know, social distancing was not an issue because we've been together in the same damn house with a kid for the last 50 days. But then the next time I climbed was with someone who I hadn't come in contact with for that long a time, our friend Simon. You know, some of the precautions we took weren't actually that big of a deal. What we realized during the day is it turned out that to go sport climbing anyway, you don't have to get that close to each other. Mm -hmm. It turns out, you know, as long as they can, you, you stick clip the first bolt and you aren't like right on top of somebody. We actually kind of like, we're almost making it a game of, can we actually stay six feet apart from each other? And we pretty much did the whole day. Right. We used each used separate ropes. So nobody was licking each other's rope, mm -hmm. which was a concern. We used, you know, gloves to belay each other on the rope. Now, if you touch your face with gloves, I don't know how it works. Of course, we were warming up on the same route, so we were touching the same holds. Mm -hmm. And I did bring separate draws, but frankly, the inconvenience of cleaning the draws off the warm-up so that the other person could hang their draws just was overwhelming. We just mm -hmm. couldn't do it. Yeah. That was like too strong a break in, you know, your basic like sport climbing like tradition. So Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got to be so rare for, yeah, I, I just can't, I don't know. It, it does seem to go like, get into kind of like the statistical yeah. odds are pretty low that yeah. when that person put their finger in the draw to like put the rope on it, left enough residual <laughs> that you're going to then pick up and then put it in your mouth right. somehow or whatever. There's like, and you can start overthinking that right. to, you know, you, you could, um, Every single little thing. I mean, like who Simon, you could have 24 questions for Simon before mm -hmm. you go climbing with him yeah. about who he saw in the last 14 days. And, you know, well, we did talk point, a little bit about that. Drive yourself though. crazy. We did talk a bit about like what our, what I've been calling the viral pod right. has been. And, you know, but he did have an, ex his was ex extended a little bit more than ours because his, his son had been getting some childcare from his uh, mother in law. Mm hmm which we hadn't even been doing. And mm -hmm. so he had opened it. And plus he works in Aspen as a ranger. And so right. he had a lot more. Like I literally like had barely fucking left the house, yeah. you know, or I'd been into the grocery store and the hardware store, you know, a couple of times. So, yeah. So we did actually discuss a little bit, but you know, you, you just kind of like take your chances at some point. A few climbing organizations have put forth uh, protocols that they've come up with for how to sort of safely climb in these new times. And they all seem like pretty straightforward protocols, like common sense dictated what they put down on paper. But I think that there's more nuanced stuff that we could maybe imagine and get into. Mm -hmm. Like one thing I came up with is brush don't blow. <laughs> <laughs> so like you know brush you know obviously we brush holds right and then we blow on them you know like if you've got the this virus it's going to come out with your spittle as you blow on the holds and then uh, you know obviously the next person your partner is going to climb on those same holds mm -hmm. so that seems like a very clear thing that we could do w would maybe have a direct impact on reducing spread yeah, you could bring some sort of little little bladder that could puff air instead of... Right. Yeah, yeah like, like those well, things they clean lenses with. Exactly. Right? That's a good idea. Yeah, only yeah. it'd have to be much bigger. Or just a, 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 a like a um, gas-powered uh, compressor, air compressor, for what example. Do you, 
<laughs> or like one of those like computer duster yeah like the spray yeah, can spray can just can throw that into yeah. the landfill after every climbing session <laughs> <laughs> um what do you think about multi-pitchers man it's troubling if you can get away with climbing on your own route by yourselves i don't see what the problem is i just mean um i mean at blaze you're right. you're inevitably huddled next to someone yeah but if it's like staff it's like someone from right. home who cares but i think multi-pitch routes i mean that would be one that you would a want to do something that no one else is going to climb up on top of you mm-hmm. and or if you show up and somebody else is climbing it this is not the time to you know be like hey can we pass you know like just don't climb that route and so it's interesting how a lot of these etiquette things that go with covid19 are actually like etiquette things that we probably should have been observing anyway. Mm. But the crowdedness of climbing has forced our hand against a lot of these these sort of etiquette things that used to exist. You know, right. there was a time in Yosemite when you could go up to a route, and if someone else was on it, you could go climb something else. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's like no, you're going to go to the next route, and there's going to be somebody on that, and somebody on that, and somebody on that. So it's like. Some of this stuff broke down already, but it's kind of back, you know? I guess what would your litmus test be for walking away from a crowded crag? If it's crowded. Like, what? but what does that mean? You know, like, because that's so arbitrary. And some so many people have no clue what a not crowded crag looks like. Well, I think it's just, uh, you know, there's the certain rules to the social distancing and can you can they be followed? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that it's not just up to you because, you know, once you're, let's say, belaying someone, you can't move. So if someone walks up that doesn't give a fuck, which there are plenty of people right now Spits that are in like, your face. Well, just or just I hate decide, your podcast, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like. You know, this has been happening to me just in normal society. You know, you come up and you do start talking to someone and that person starts to crowd your space. Mm. And it's pretty clear to you that they're not concerned Mm -hmm. about this whole thing. Do you know what I mean? So if like you were, let's say, at a wall and and mostly the trail or whatever is near the base of the climb at like a sport climbing area and you're belaying and someone comes walking past you... Mm -hmm. You don't have any control other than to be like confrontational when when someone just doesn't care. It seems you know? like from what I've read that it's more like you're in close proximity. You're under that six foot space for longer than five minutes. Right. You know, you're like you're huddled up together. Um. So, but yeah, it's interesting to see because nobody really knows like what the new rules are. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to the banality of conversation around COVID-19, you also see this uh, instinct where people see you and they want to be friendly and they start walking towards you. And then and then there's like that trigger in their brain where they're, they're like, oh, I'm not supposed to get too close. Right. And they kind of take a step back and do like an awkward, you know, air high five or whatever. Right. I, I think most people are trying to do their best. My whole point is that like, just make the step around the person. Right. Because there's no reason not to. And, and, and if you want to sit there and have some scientific Which they debate, should be doing anyway. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, stay the fuck away from me. I'm blank. Like, you don't know what I might, you know, I might take a step back when he yeah. takes or whatever. So that's what I mean. Like, you don't have a control over that. Like, you know, thinking about rifle or somewhere like that, like the platform at, at um, 
the project wall gets like crowded right. normally. Like people are on each other, you right. know, waiting to climb or sitting there because you can't stand on the road. So I mean, these concessions need to be made that change the way we operate. Yeah. But they're not hard to make. Right. And my point being from before is that like you shouldn't be up in my fucking shit anyway. Right. Like last year you shouldn't have been. Like go wait somewhere else while you're waiting to climb that route. Throw your rope down and then get out of my scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've always felt like, why are you standing right there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is a hole. We're in the outdoors. Like get away from me. Right. It's tough at rifle because the roots are generally less than six feet apart. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that's the kind of thing that you'll have to make a choice now. Right. Of Okay, I can't do that route right now. When that would be like an absolute, I have the right to be on that route. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I'm going to do it. Now, those are the kind of concessions that need to be sort of made at this point. Mm-hmm. Whether we're going to make them is going to remain to be seen um, because, you know, everybody's like creeping out there. But in my opinion, it's just you know in another two three weeks it's gonna be like uh just like normal right you know and rifles can be packed if they keep it open if they don't close it because of that but because you know the creeping out leads to just like ah fuck it whatever we're just doing this yeah you know what i mean i think that that's going to be the the big experiment this month Mm -hmm. not just with climbing Mm -hmm. but with all america it seems like we're on that path to just be like what happens if we just say fuck it and try to sort of do my beer let's see how this goes you know yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's funny though, because I keep thinking back to that of how like what we really are asking you to do in a lot of ways with these rules around climbing is to just do what we should have been doing anyway mm. of not crowding up everybody's ass, like on a multi-pitch route or whatever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know you've had that happen where where people are in rifle and they'd like want to get on your route and they're giving you like the, the freaking like you know, throw their rope right next to you. Oh, it's never happened to me. Oh, really? (laughs) You've only done it to other people. (laughs) You know, so one of these things is like, you know, what should I do if I choose a Craig that's close to home and when I arrive, it's packed with people? Like, are you really gonna just say, I'm I'm not going through with my plans? I just think that people aren't gonna know what that means. It's not quite there yet, but... Right. I mean, like, I I just don't think people are going to say, well, there's people here, but this is too crowded or, you know, or I think that I can sneak in. Well, if you can sneak in and keep the social distancing rules, then that's fine. Right. I I just don't know what you would base that on. So I don't see anyone. I don't know. I just don't know what. Can't you base it on what I just said? Can I keep the social distancing rules or not? Yeah. I mean, can you stay six feet away from everybody? So again, it's like if the wall has five roots on it and four of them are taken, can you really squeeze in and do that fifth route without like, you can just sit, you can sit on the rock like 12 feet away and wait for the route to be open. Right. You know? And so, and then the next person who shows up can sit on the rock that's 18 feet away and wait for them. Yeah, totally. I mean, but that doesn't work at every crag. It doesn't work at every crag, but a lot of places that's going to be, what's going to happen is people will, there's just going to be an amphitheater of rope bags Mm -hmm. and people sitting on them waiting their turn, but he's going to not going to go home because that's, that's my, that's my point. Yeah. Isn't Personally, I think you're being uh, generous to say that the reason they're 
they're going to do that is because they don't know that it's crowded. Mm -hmm. That's really nice of you to think that they're ignorant of that because I think it's bullshit. I think that they know it's crowded, but they want to fucking do what they want to do. So they're going to nose their way in there because that's what climbers do. Yeah. You know, it's like, and and, and the other thing that really is going to play into, into there is my, my long held belief and contention is that you are never part of the crowd. Right. That's like the, especially like in places like Indian Creek. Yeah. You know, you, you are there and everybody else is the crowd. Right. And they're mucking up your scene. I can't believe all the people here. And I've always said that. I was like, man, if you want to do something about the crowds, the only thing you can do is get in your car and go home and reduce the crowd by one. Because everything else is not, you can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. you know? And I've just had like so many experiences, not just there, but elsewhere where like a group of eight people like rock up or 10 or 12 people rock up to the crag and one of them says it's really crowded. Right. And you're just like, your jaw just hits the rock. You're like, <laughs> the fuck are you talking like, about, dude? Motherfucker, what? Yeah, exactly. Like you just showed up with this massive group. You all drove separate cars. I watched you pull into the parking lot because you all had to have your own camping rig. <laughs> nobody can camp together in somebody else's rig, right? And You've got three Yeti coolers. Yeah, and- exactly. And like you had to have your Yeti cooler because your buddy has a Walmart cooler and that's just not going to cut it. So, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, shut the fuck up. You are the crowd. You're the crowd. You're just as much of the crowd. And I, it's going to play off in this, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe everybody's going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that this... If if this has been a learning experience, it's that people will not change or do things that they don't want to do. Right. And, I mean, you can extrapolate the, the lessons from this time to just how doomed uh, we are at facing, like, climate change <laughs> or something, know, like, actually I important. I know. Like, if that, Ugh. at some point, there's going to be a situation where it's like, okay, you know, no more like driving or right. whatever it is. And people are going to be like, well, you didn't say all the time. And, and yeah, so uh, humans are going to be humans. Well, let's talk about, I think the most difficult one on here hmm. and within, I think your, whatever state you're living in is rules. If you've decided to continue Who's to, the local? To live, yeah, to live in some climbingless place. Mm. You know, like if any if this pandemic does anything for you, it's it's to really light that fire under your ass to move away from Peoria, Illinois, <laughs> and go somewhere with there's some climbing. You've been thinking about it, <laughs> but that sweet job you have or whatever has like been keeping you there, like it's time. How many listeners do we have in Peoria, Illinois? I'm telling you, email us. <laughs> Or email Andrew, because I don't ever listen. <laughs> but anyway, that's the big one, is traveling to climb, dude. Yeah. That's it, It's a huge issue because, A, not all climbers live where there's climbing. B, it's part of our fabric, especially this time of year. It's springtime, man, road trip time. You know? Well, I'll start this uh, this topic off with a, um, an, a, good, a feel-good anecdote. I had a couple friends who were going to come out. I won't name their names, but they were going to come out this way, uh, 15 hour drive. And they had been struggling with this decision to, to come out this way and, and wondering whether, you know, it was going to open up and it was going to be cool and everything was going to be great. 
and then kind of having this sense that maybe they just need to be home and that's the the smart responsible thing to do and they literally drove for five hours before they were just like thrust into the into the uh face of their their decision and decided to turn around and uh go back home and just wait it out a bit so yeah kudos to them because i don't think many people will get five hours into a drive and 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 make the decision to that hey this isn't actually the right thing to do right yeah now. this isn't the right thing to do you know what happened is they just went into a few gas stations and they were just like, "Ugh, this is disgusting. We have to go home. We have to. This has always been disgusting. Yeah, and we that we have to go back home. Yeah, but I mean, so in Colorado, we have this strange ten mile rule to recreate. But there's like this. You pointed out there's this qualifier where it's like ten miles and or in your community. In your community. Yeah, yeah. So my Which, lawyer is going to go with in, in your community. Right. So. And Which, when we're on like, the Western like Slope, the, the global, whole Western Slope is our community. We're a part of a global so climbing community. you don't go through the Eisenhower Tunnel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's a weird thing, you know. Um, and I, I've I've written a few things about this on Evening Sends, uh, a piece of satire about being a local. And mm-hmm. someone actually got into like a little Twitter spat with this guy about that today because he made the presumption that being a local, you know, in a rural place with like great recreation is a sign of one's privilege just because of how expensive it can be and so forth. And I, I push back on that a little bit because oftentimes people who, who live in these areas where one might be considered a local are sacrificing, you know, lucrative careers or lucrative opportunities in a city or, you know, the chance to, have some kind of financial stability to raise a family or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's like, it's a weird two. I can kind of see this other guy's point that it seems privileged because you're not doing, you have, it's almost like you have this freedom of choice to not do the rat race that everyone else is doing. But well, all that to say is like, you know, if, um, if there's ever a time where, you know, that sacrifice of existence is like, pain dirt it's right now because you know you can be close to home and climb it like a world-class area and it's funny because some of the, the some of these regulations we've kind of been referencing like the th- these ones that we're looking at from the aac one of their last points that they recommend is not everyone will be able to return to climbing at the same time if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to safely climb in your area be considerate of those who aren't so I don't know what that means, but I don't know what that means either. I think it just means don't rub it in, <laughs> don't rub it in so people's no more faces. Facebook posts, yeah, about or uh, Instagram posts about how much fun you're having yeah. climbing. Sorry, Boulder. Just pictures of you sitting on your couch, even if you only do that now, like <laughs> in the morning before you get ready to go climbing. <laughs> yeah, keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> keep the it's keep funny the down. It's funny that that's like what people are 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 focused on right now though <laughs> no more stoke <laughs> the virus has killed stoke the virus has it's killed over. Stoke. yeah <laughs> but i mean you know there's a moral relativity to it because uh for instance just you know originally in colorado it was this idea that you had to stay in your county like your travel was limited stay at home but if you are traveling to go to work wherever you, you gotta stay in your county 
we have shit tons of great climbing in Garfield County, which is where we live. So that changed, though, to this order of, you know, it's basically 10 miles from your home and or your community. And, of course, you know, for me, rifle's like 30-some miles from my house. Um, it's closer to you. Is it 10 miles? Do you think it's you... probably as the bird flies? It's about that. Okay, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could, that would hold up in, yeah. a, in a court of law for sure. It is actually. I'm sure it is. Actually, yeah. it's not that far from here. But anyway, so it's like there's a moral relativity to to talking about being a local. Mm-hmm. I live in Carbondale. It's not necessarily a rifle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're all playing these games with this idea of traveling to climb, mm-hmm. and the big worry here is that. People from the very populated front range of Colorado are going to start packing it in over here, whether it's Boulder climbers, Denver climbers, or anything. What's well, a legitimate fear too? Because yeah. that's where all the outbreak is at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely like the 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 hot zone in Colorado. Yeah. But also, the fear is is that there's been some whispers from the town of Rifle that if it gets too out of control out there, they're going to shut it down completely. Yeah, and the ten miles thing is. I think it can only possibly apply to like Denver, you know, like I have to drive 10 miles to wipe my ass out here. Yeah, totally. No, it's, so. we're on the, we're on the great Western slope. Right? <laughs> but again, it's like, you're like massaging it to sort of right. fit what you already kind of want to do. Yeah. And the other funny thing is that one of the, the, one of the nice things at this moment is that rifle is empty. Right. And so more or less, well, it wasn't super empty today, but it's pretty empty for the time of year. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and people who I know who climbed right on through the, the shutdown, you know, were just like loving it, which was kind of this sort of irony of like, yeah, the only reason it's so nice is because everybody else is following the rules and you aren't. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, it's like there is this it's kind of like the whole locals thing versus like stay home and don't travel to my climbing area. It's like wound up in some of these selfish ideas of mm-hmm. like, well, it's really nice that you're not here right now because normally it's fucking packed and there's nowhere to park, mm-hmm. you know? So it just, yeah, it's, it just is like more complicated than like just stay home and don't climb. Are we um, following the AAC regulation about being considerate of others and <laughs> can't climb right now? Right now? Probably not. No, not really. But that's okay. Look, here's what you should be doing instead. Yeah, what's planning your doing? escape? Hmm. It's time. You've been thinking about it. You've been wondering why the hell you live in Omaha. <laughs> you know, it, you wake up every day like, why do I live here? Oh, I got this pretty good job and blah, blah, blah. There's jobs here. Well, maybe not right now. <laughs> but yeah, so when like you start putting your ducks in a row now, hmm. and when there is a recovery, you can break free and come and not live on the Western Slope, mind you, but Tucson. Tucson sounds nice. Yeah, move to Tucson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how how Americans restructure their lives after this. I think there will be a, an, an exodus of some sort out of cities. And, you know, that's clearly... You know, like an import a thing that's going to be relevant on people's minds. You know, you just see that I've read stories of people rushing to like get chickens and chicken coops and like other kinds of apocalyptic planning. Yeah, like you know, gardens on their gardens their, 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 or, like 
their little mm-hmm. balconies. Fifty-five on, the, gallon water. Yeah. yeah. You know things. Well, and, I tell you, I mean. I have thanked my lucky stars that I don't live in a damn city. Yeah. Like every day of this whole thing that I can just leave my house and in minutes I'm just like with miles on a trail by ourselves on a bike trail on a mountain in a park. I mean, yeah. So anyway, it's time to get out of the cities. I, um, my experience, you know, my income as a freelance writer is just so erratic to begin with. So in some ways this pandemic is like very, hasn't really changed much for me because I still don't know where my next paychecks is going to come from. And, um, on one hand it, it's feels great to just be mentally suited for a global pandemic. But then the other thing I'm thinking is, my normal life is basically like I'm living in a global pandemic 24 (laughs) seven. So I'm not sure what to make of that, but, um, you've been, maybe I'm going to move to a city and get a steady job. Get a steady job in a cubicle somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good. Have neighbors on both sides above you and below you. Bring it on. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just, you know, what I was saying about how, some of the etiquette we used to have needs to come back. I mean, mm-hmm. it just comes down to that. Like, yeah. you know, kind of check like when you, when you start running loops around, you know, these moral questions of what you should and shouldn't be doing, then maybe it's time to sort of check yourself and think like, all right, what are the, what is the reality of all this? And one of the big things that was, you know, the big no, no around climbing 50 days ago was this idea that you would stress medical, you know, systems that can't handle it. And, and that's something to think about, you know, that it's still something to think about, but it was also something that, that kind of like over a, even a short amount of time just didn't prove to be true. You know, the medical systems here on the Western Slope are not stressed. Right. In fact, they're, they're, they're low call right now because everybody was staying at home and yeah. not wrecking themselves on their four wheelers and shit. And so I think it is okay now to start to like, make those value judgments, Yeah, you know, it, but if a city itself like Moab still says they don't want you to come there, then don't go there. Right. You know, I mean, if that's like their public statement, then it, it's not time or Bishop or places like that. It's still not time and we're and, and it will be soon, but it's not time. Yeah. You know, so what did we learn? Yeah. What's the recap here? The recap is multi-pitch routes, stay away from routes that have other parties on them. Probably. Practice social distancing. Social distancing can be done, even with your partner. Brush, don't blow. Brush, do not blow your spit all over those holds. And if Angie Scarth Johnson appears in your dream, you have COVID-19. <laughs> you should go to the hospital immediately. <laughs> I want that as a t-shirt. <laughs> If you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast, or drop us a line at our webpage, runoutpodcast.com.